With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. Hey everyone. Welcome back. Well, it's Friday, so this is the last video until Monday. I really hate doing this because it makes me feel like just another begging YouTuber. But once again, I am starting to get really low on stories. So if you have any stories that you feel like may be worth sending, consider sending one, which you can send at southerncannibal.com. If you don't want to, I completely understand. I just wanted to mention that I am starting to get really low. So, if you send a story, it could help out the channel. I just want to be able to continue to make videos and get the best stories to you guys. But all that being said, that's all I wanted to say. So if you're all ready, let's go ahead and get into the stories. And remember, to always, stay hungry. When my friends and I were around 16, we used to walk around from the local movie theater to different fast food restaurants a few blocks away. One night, my friend Carly and I were walking back from McDonald's. We crossed the street and decided to follow the sidewalk alongside some of the apartment buildings that led back to the movie theater. It was about 9pm and this area was completely isolated. As we were walking and talking, a man who seemed to be in his 40s passed us by going in the opposite direction and then turned into the apartments. We didn't think much of it, and just kept on walking, until I sensed someone behind me. When I turned around, I realized it was the same man who had just been walking in the opposite direction. I alerted Carly of what I thought was happening, but I tried not to jump to conclusions just yet. Maybe he forgot something. I looked back one more time, and the man completely froze in his tracks with his hands by his side, like something out of a movie. At this point, Carly was freaking out and was just about to bolt when I then stopped her. I was afraid if we ran, he would start running after us, and I knew I wouldn't be able to outrun him. Instead, however, we power walked down the sidewalk and across the street, walking through a parking lot in a zigzag motion. We thought the coast was clear, until we reached the theater entrance and saw the man from afar walking right towards us through the parking lot. We ran inside the movie theater and Carly told one of her friends who worked there what was happening. They let us go into the area past the ticket booth to wait for our ride. And for that, I will forever be thankful. I'm not really sure what would have happened if we wouldn't have made it back to the populated area, but thank God we did. Who the hell knows what that guy had planned for us. I'm a guy, and I was 19 when this happened. I was fresh out of high school, and I just bought and moved into my own house. My house is in a trailer park, since they're way cheaper than regular houses. Well, this happened on one late night in particular. 
I was in my house just watching TV and minding my own business. It was about 1.30 in the morning. I heard a very loud boom come from the neighbor's house next door. It sounded like a bomb went off. It shook my whole house and I went to look out the window to see what happened. The neighbor's house was on fire and there were pieces of some of their house scattered in my backyard. It was like an explosion happened. Just as I unclosed my blinds, I grabbed my phone to call 911. When I was talking to the 911 operator, there was another explosion in the neighbor's house that was just as loud, and it shook my house again. I told the operator that there had been a second explosion in my neighbor's house, and I gave her the address. She said that they'd send help right away. As I looked out the window again, I saw that the fire was starting to spread all around the neighbor's house. I then immediately got out of my own house since I was getting worried that the fire was going to spread to my house as well. When I got outside, people were crowded around the area from a safe distance away while some others evacuated since the fire was getting really bad. When the police and fire crews arrived from the scene 10 minutes later, the neighbor's house was completely smothered in flames as in the entire house was completely covered in fire, and it actually ended up spreading to the other house next to it, which thankfully wasn't mine. The fire was under control within an hour and a half, and the first responders were on the scene for an extra three hours, just to make sure that everyone was alright, and to also make sure that the fire didn't reignite, which thankfully it didn't. My house wasn't burned, which I was glad about. However, the siding on the entire back side of my house was completely melted off from the intense heat. Luckily, I didn't have to pay for the repairs myself since my house insurance covered it. The two houses that caught fire, though, were a total loss. The one where the fire started was totally gutted, and the house where the fire spread to, about half of it was burned. Those two houses were torn down three months later, and they had two new ones put in. If you're wondering, the people in the two houses that caught fire weren't home at the time. I ended up finding out what actually happened. As it turns out, the cause of the first explosion was actually from an oven that was accidentally left on when nobody was there, which then caused a gas buildup since the oven ignition was defective, and it also set fire to the car in the garage, which caused the car to blow up too. I'm just glad that my own house wasn't burned and that the siding on the back was repaired. I really hope that the owners of those houses are doing better at their new homes. I'm also glad that they didn't have to see their own homes go up in flames. My name is Jerry. I'm 28 years old, but this horror happened back in 2013. I live in the outskirts of Boston, Back in 2013, I was 17 years of age, and at this time, I recently had my driver's license in my first car, which was an early 2000s Hyundai. In the middle of January 2013, me and my brother, who I'll refer to as Carl, decided to go on a road trip one weekend to visit our cousins in another town that was two hours away. The road trip went well and we had a great time with our relatives until it was late at night and time for us to go back home. On the way back home at around 11pm, my car unfortunately needed a refill. 
I didn't look forward to stopping over at a gas station at this hour, but I had no choice. I drove around to look for a gas station until I found a poorly lit gas station on the side of a random street. Now, my brother Carl wasn't too happy about it. This literally looks like a horror movie setting. You really want to stop here? You can drive a little bit further and find another gas station. This little four-cylinder won't run out of gas. I replied back with, Dude, you're such a baby. I'm almost on empty. I'm gonna add some gas and I'm gonna see if I can find another one. Just hang tight. While I was filling up my gas, another car shows up, which was a black two-door BMW. A guy who's about six foot tall with long dark hair stepped out and walked up to me. He then asked me, Excuse me, sir. Do you have some gears? Um, what do you mean by that? I replied back. Oh, well, I mean, do you have some crack on you? Um, no, I don't do crack. I said back. This guy really gave me the creeps. After I told him that I didn't have any crack on me, he then stared at me with a blank facial expression, not saying anything. As I finished pumping my gas, all of a sudden he grabbed me by the neck and then pinned me against my car. I was struggling. My brother got out of the car and luckily he had a baton, so he hit the man in the back. The man then started screaming. My brother then told me to get in the passenger seat and he'll take the wheel. I then quickly got into the passenger seat with my brother taking over and then floored it out of there, but it wasn't over quite yet. My brother put the pedal to the metal, but the maniac was catching up. Our busted up Hyundai couldn't outrun the crazy guys in line six-cylinder BMW. The maniac managed to get in front of us and then stopped to block us in. My brother then put the car in reverse, but the man got out of the car and started charging at us with a knife. But my brother made another good split decision. He floored the car and then actually ran the man over and he took out the BMW's open door in the process. The guy was now on the ground screaming in pain, and we got the hell out of there. No, we didn't just do a hit and run, we just had to get out of there in the moment. We drove to the police station to report the incident, and luckily my brother actually remembered his license plate. However, the police later informed us that the BMW was stolen, and as far as I know, the man's still out there. My brother and I never told our parents the story because we didn't feel the need to. I now live by myself and I'm in a much better place financially, but I'm very grateful to my brother for saving our lives that night. That incident was traumatic, but it actually brought me and my brother closer. My brother's a hero and I'll forever be thankful to him for saving our lives that night. Hey everyone, sorry for the interruption from the stories, but I need to thank today's sponsor Uncommon Goods for sponsoring today's episode. If you want to hear where'd you get that this holiday season, Uncommon Goods is your secret weapon. Uncommon Goods is here to make your holiday shopping stress-free by scouring the globe for the most remarkable and truly unique gifts for everyone on your list. Whether you're shopping for your secret Santa or your entire family, 
Uncommon Goods knows exactly what they want. I personally love coffee, and they have a lot of cool coffee mugs that I really like that I'm definitely going to be getting. Another really cool thing about Uncommon Goods is when you're shopping there, you're supporting artists and small independent businesses. These fine products are often made in small batches, so shop now before they sell out this holiday season. And with every purchase you make at Uncommon Goods, they give back $1 to a nonprofit partner of your choice. They've donated more than $2.5 million to date. To get 15% off your next gift, go to uncommongoods.com cannibal. That's uncommongoods.com cannibal for 15% off. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Uncommon Goods. We're out of the ordinary. I'm a 20-year-old female who lives in a very large American city. I won't say where, but I moved there for college when I was 18. The story happened during the summer months. I wasn't going home for the summer because I had a part-time job, but I planned to continue working over summer to get more money. I'm lucky to have an aunt who lives in this area, so I was staying with her temporarily before college began again and my parents were only a six-hour drive away, so I could visit back home on the weekends. This all occurred during the summer that had just passed. I worked at a hotel, and my shifts varied that summer from morning to mid-afternoon to later in the evenings. It was a Sunday night, and I had to work until 10 p.m. I didn't have a car, and neither did my aunt. However, I felt confident taking the bus, and I never ran into any trouble. That is, until that night. The bus came and I got on. No issues. It was very quiet, and there was about seven people on the bus, including me. I sat near the front so that I could see better through the darkness, because the journey took about 25 to 30 minutes. There was a woman sitting two rows in front of me, but I didn't pay attention to her when I got on. I pulled my phone out to text my aunt, letting her know I was on the bus safely and that I'd be home soon. I also texted my parents to let them know that I was on my way home because they worried about me a lot when I was on a late shift, and they insisted on knowing I was home safe. I was just staring out the window for the first five minutes. Someone got off, and the woman in front of me had really caught my eye. She appeared to be swaying backwards and forwards, but I decided to ignore her. However, she turned around and started staring at me. I kept looking out the window, but I felt really creeped out when she just kept staring at me. I didn't dare move my eyes because I didn't want to engage her. She asked me if I needed hand sanitizer. I was taken aback by this, and I just shook my head before then saying, no thank you. Living in a city, I knew to never be too polite to strangers whilst at the same time not seeming too rude. I hoped she would turn back around, but to my horror, she got up and moved to the seat right in front of me. I kept staring out the window trying not to show my emotions on my face. The bus was in front-facing rows, and the lady positioned herself so that her legs were on the seat next to her and she could look at me more. I continued ignoring her, and she just stared ahead out the window, 
but I could see her looking at me occasionally from the corner of her eye. She just kept opening her hand sanitizer and rubbing it on her hands. I thought it was strange, but I didn't say anything. She suddenly jolted upwards, and I couldn't help but look directly at her. She turned to me and smiled, and I realized that she had dropped her hand sanitizer and that it had poured into her legs. I didn't say or do anything. She started giggling, and it really unnerved me because she was at least 40 years old and she was giggling like a schoolgirl. Still, I continued to ignore her. When she put her head down, I glanced behind me and I had then made eye contact with some blonde guy a few rows behind me. He looked like he was trying really hard not to laugh, and seeing him so chill made me feel a little calmer. I then turned back, and I looked at my phone. At this point, I had been on the bus for like 15 minutes, so I knew I didn't have too much longer to go. The woman in front of me was still rubbing her hands in the hand sanitizer. I could hear the squelching sounds, but again, I just kept ignoring her. She then started pouring the hand sanitizer on the floor and then giggling once more. I couldn't help but pull a face, but I don't think she saw me. The bus driver either didn't notice or he was choosing to follow my strategy, which was to ignore her. After pouring the liquid on the floor, she turned to me again and asked me randomly if I was a local. I hesitated but I decided I could say yes without telling her where I lived. Well, she then asked me where I lived, and I refused to tell her, saying, I really don't think it's an appropriate question to ask a stranger. I then took my phone from my lap, and I went to text my aunt about what was happening. Before I could even type anything, the woman said, Hey! and started waving the hand sanitizer over me. It was pretty much empty at this point, but I had felt some droplets hit my head. I shot up and then glared at her. I told her to stop, and she just stared at me. She then asked, Hey, what stop are you getting off at? I again told her that this wasn't an appropriate question, and I warned her that if she didn't leave me alone, I would inform the bus driver. She stared at me dumbfounded, but didn't say anything else. I texted my aunt, and I told her all about this creepy-ass woman, and I requested that she run down the bus stop to meet me when I got off. It was less than five minutes from her house at this point, and she of course agreed. She always waited up for me to get home. I felt very angry. I'd had a crab day at work, and this was the last thing that I needed right now. My aunt was asking me what was going on, and I was trying to text her back when the woman in front of me started bothering me yet again. Who are you texting? She asked me, still rubbing her hands. I decided to just ignore her, and I didn't even bother to respond. However, I again felt droplets hitting my head, and I realized that she was trying to pour more sanitizer on my head. I then shot up and said angrily, I've already told you once to stop doing that. I won't be telling you again. She just started giggling and rocking forward again. I decided to move seats at this point, going right to the front so that she was behind me. I could hear her muttering to herself, 
still hearing her messing around with the now presumably completely empty bottle of hand sanitizer. I tried my best to ignore her, and I texted my aunt, letting her know everything. She told me to call her, but I was really scared doing that would further escalate the situation, which I explained. She told me she was at the stop waiting for my bus to pull in. When it was time for me to get off, I stood up, and to my absolute horror, so did the strange woman. I heard shuffling, and I turned around to face her. I was so annoyed and frightened by this point that I turned to the driver, and I told him this lady had been bothering me, and was now trying to get off at the same stop as me, and that I really didn't think it was a coincidence. He told me to just get off the bus quickly, and did not worry. I felt like he was being dismissive, which made me start to panic. What would happen if this woman got off and actually followed me and my aunt home? We'd have to call the police and attempt to run to our house without her catching up, but then she'd still know where we lived. I was thinking all of this when my stop arrived, and I then darted off the bus to my aunt. When I looked back, the driver had shut the doors, and I could see that the lady looked furious and was turning towards the driver as the bus sped away. The driver hadn't been dismissive after all, and he clearly had a plan. I was so relieved to be away from that woman, and I told my aunt everything as we walked back to the house. I called my parents when I got home, and I relayed everything to them. My dad told me that I shouldn't work a late night shift again, just in case that woman got on the bus and tried to find me. Since she saw where I got off, I was really nervous about leaving the house at all in case she came back and roamed the surrounding area looking for me. But I obviously couldn't just become a hermit. I worried that she'd recognize my aunt too, but my aunt told me not to worry too much. I ended up requesting to stop the late night shifts, but my boss said no. She said that I could arrange a lift for myself and avoid taking the bus. So yeah, every night that I have a late shift, I had to fork out money to book an Uber for when I finished. I wasn't very happy about that, but I couldn't walk out on this job because they were really good about me being a student, and honestly, it took me over a year to even find a job in the first place, so I couldn't screw it up. I'm honestly still pissed at my manager, but it's not like I'll be stuck at this job forever. It's just until I graduate, which is actually approaching sooner rather than later. I feel like I did everything right, you know, with telling people I was on the bus and having people who wait on me to actually get home, ignoring the woman and not being too polite to her and move away, as well as telling the driver, but I still had this encounter. If it wasn't for the bus driver thinking on his toes, I don't know what would have happened. That weird woman would have got off with me and who knows what she would have done to me and my aunt. It's really not worth thinking about but I can't help it. I will never get on a bus late at night ever again, and every paycheck goes towards saving for a car for when I graduate. For privacy reasons, I'll be changing some of the details of this story. I would like to start off by saying that my family is pretty messed up. I have two uncles who are both heavy drug users who've been in and out of jail for as long as I can remember. This all happened when I was 10 years old. It was summer, 
and I was staying in my uncle's girlfriend Miranda's house with her and my uncle Craig and the stayed over for mine. I really loved Miranda and I developed a deep bond with her, so my mom let me stay with her whenever I could. Everything was going really great. Miranda was always taking me and my cousin swimming to the zoo, the park, etc., as well as making really nice meals at night. My cousins and I got to stay up late watching TV and playing on Miranda's laptop, and it was just overall a really fun summer. At some point during the summer, my other uncle Paul came to stay at Miranda and Craig's house because he was fighting with his wife, my Aunt Sarah. Sarah was also a heavy drug user, but I didn't know her that well. For a few weeks, everything really continued to be awesome. My cousins and I had a lot of fun every day, even when all of the adults were at work. We would play outside, watch TV, eat snacks, and also swim in the neighborhood pool, amongst many other things. However, one day while Miranda, Craig, and Paul were all out of the house, something horrible happened. Inside the house was me, who was 10 years old, my cousins, one who was also 10, Madison, and the others being age 7, 5, and 2 years old. Me and the other 10-year-old were in charge, though in hindsight, we weren't really old enough to be in charge of that many young kids. We spent a lot of our time outside, but we happened to be spending some time indoors cooling off when there was a loud banging on the door. I looked through the peephole, and I saw Paul's wife Sarah standing there looking absolutely insane with a massive kitchen knife. She had the most angry out of it look on her face. She banged on the door without stopping, screaming that she knew Paul was there and that he had another woman hiding there. My younger cousins all began to freak out and scream and cry. After checking that the door was locked, me and Madison immediately began trying to calm down the other young kids so that Sarah wouldn't hear. We instinctively moved to the other end of the house as far away from the front door as possible, which was Miranda and Craig's bedroom. Luckily, I did have a cell phone at the time, so I texted Miranda and my mom to tell them what was happening. Miranda immediately texted me that she was calling the cops and that she was on her way home. As me and my cousin sat in the floor of the bedroom crying and freaking out and waiting for Miranda and the cops, Sarah began walking around to all of the windows and banging on them, saying that she knew someone was home and demanding to be let in. This went on for about 20 minutes straight. The whole time we were all just sobbing, and I couldn't stop thinking things like, what if she gets inside and kills all of us? How can I protect my little cousins? What if we have to sneak out of a window? Can we hide under the bed or in the closet? My heart was pounding, and time felt like it wasn't even moving at all. Finally, after what felt like hours, but was only really like 20 minutes, I then heard the sirens outside. However, none of us actually moved until Miranda came home and opened the door just a few minutes after the police arrived. Sarah was arrested, and for whatever reason, so was my Uncle Paul, who got there around the same time as the cops. My best guess is an outstanding warrant. I remember just sitting there and watching him get arrested and being way too young to understand anything. My mom came and got me that day, even though it was an eight-hour drive. 
My cousins and I still talk about that day and just how traumatizing it was for all of us. But the story is only one of the many things my family's put us all through. I'm just really glad that we all turned out pretty decent, despite everything we went through. Hey everyone, I hope you all enjoyed these stories. If you ever want to submit your own, you can do so at southerncannibal.com. Have a good night everyone, and remember, to always, stay